the strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Kyber cast. This is episode number two. Uh, I'm joined with my friend, Michael Diaz. Hey, Michael. Hey, how's it going, Joe? And my name is Joe Becker. Welcome to the Kyber cast. Uh, we're going to talk this week about Aquaman, um, something that Michael and I have joked around about for a few years as I kind of championed uh, the underdog hero that Aquaman is and what he takes. And, and Mike, um, Mike is really good at letting me know uh, where Aquaman fits in the world of um, heroes um, <laughs> and w- was happy enough to talk to him and, and talk about getting this movie and getting him to go to the movies. And I'm, I want Michael to like get going on this particular topic because I think it's an interesting outcome. So Michael, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit what, what you thought and, and where you're going? Well, let me let me just kind of establish our baseline here first. And this, the baseline is simple, simply this. Uh, Joe is a hardcore, maybe not hardcore, but he is a fan of Aquaman. That right there, I think, says enough in that the fans of Aquaman are not as maybe robust, not as numerous as, let's say, fans of Spider-Man, Superman, Batman. Now, everyone has their niche character, their you know, second, third, fourth tier character that they love. It happens. So I, I think you're right. I mean, you're definitely got me there. He's not my favorite character. I just like him. Just no, so no, he knows. And I'm not ashamed to admit that either. Yeah, you shouldn't be. I mean, I'll tell you differently offline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Like, I won't get too into it in that I have a third or fourth tier favorite character on the Marvel side named Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. You can mock me mercilessly about him as well because he's not the best. But the point is... Aquaman, he's part of the Justice League. He is a he is a higher tier character, but he's he's a founding member, my friend. He's a founding I know, member. Okay, he's a founding member, okay. yes. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few people that look at an issue of Justice League and go, Oh yeah, there's Aquaman. Not right. saying that there aren't there are those people that do that, but there are. So I'm coming into it from the point of I'm not a fan of Aquaman in the comics. Um when Joe and have I you read, talk, have you read have you read any Aquaman? I don't even know. Uh, you know what I I've I've read issues of Justice League with Aquaman and felt yeah. that was more than enough. <laughs> 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 so I guess the point I'm trying to make is I am not an Aquaman fan, or Joe is, and I've even usually when we talked about this before the movie even came out, I would playfully rib Joe and send him links like the clips from like family man where it shows how ineffectual Aquaman is. Now there can be arguments for that him actually having power. So the baseline is that Joe's a fan. I went into it, not a fan of Aquaman in the comics. Now I've heard many good things about the Jeff Johns run on Aquaman a few years ago, never read it. So I can't properly speak to that, but like I said, simple baseline, Joe likes Aquaman. Michael does not. Is that would that be fair to say, Joe? That's, that's a, a, a an accurate baseline. So, going into this, 
the DC extended universe. Let's face it. It's in not that film. You're talking about in the film. Yeah. Now we're, yeah. We're moving into the film. Okay. The DC so extended sure universe. Knows. Yeah. Now we're talking the films, whereas Marvel calls it their Marvel cinematic universe. DC likes to refer to their, you know, movie universe as the DC extended universe, the DCEU. Right. That's how they separate it from the comics. So, this is what we're talking about right now. The DCEU, let's face it, does not have the strength or the quality of the MCU. It just hasn't. But now not even it's not even close. MCU has been around for, you know, 10 going on 11 years now. DC tried to hit the round running and instantly create themselves a universe. Now, and when I'm talking about the DC extended universe, for me, and I don't know if this is canon or not, but for me, the start is Man of Steel. So then you have um, Man of Steel. Batman, yes, there's Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises. But that has already been established. That's the Nolanverse. That is not correct, part of the DCEU. Correct. So, correct. Don't get me wrong. I love those films for the most part. But for the purposes of this podcast, we're talking about what is the official DCEU, starting with Man of Steel. Man of Steel, right. Continuing on with Suicide Squad, Batman vs. Superman, and then Justice League, Wonder Woman, and now Aquaman. So Correct. Oh, well, Wonder Woman. Don't forget you Did I not one. mention Wonder Woman? I apologize. No, Definitely Wonder yeah, Woman. Yeah. My yeah, bad. Yeah. That was a, a slight because I'm going to tell you, to kind of make up for that right now, I'm going to tell you, of the films in the DCEU, Wonder Woman is my favorite. So Joe and I decided to have a mandate. Mm-hmm. And go see if the Aquaman movie was worth a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, what do you think? Do I think? Uh, absolutely. It was great. I mean, um, I know that when we sat down, you, you probably thought I was a little too stoic, but it's kind of like one of those things when you follow something, you just, you really watch it with um, anticipation. And um, it's kind of like when I watch Star Wars, it's more like, I hope they don't blow it. And then, then I enjoy it afterwards. Like, it's 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 a bit of watching with anxiety but to me you know right off the bat they casted really well like like Jason Momoa is just the guy's infectious he just is and i think he brought a different kind of aquaman certainly different from the um comic books i mean in the comic books he's a more i'll say scientific type person a little more um doesn't get angry quick you know he's a very you know, much different than the, than what's portrayed in the, in the film. That said, Jason is just so charismatic; it's hard not to be drawn to him, no matter what he plays. But in, as Aquaman, it's like he gave uh, he gave the character, I think, some some charisma that really drew people to the movie. I can't disagree with you. In fact, I'll touch on that later. I've I've basically got a list here, just a three likes what I liked about Aquaman and. You're, you're skirting really close to one of my, my big likes about the movie. So to kind of get us started, so you're right, 100%, the charisma of Jason Momoa, and I hope I'm saying his name right. Me too. It's infectious. It, it yeah. grabs you in. There's no question about that. So just as just as Joe said, he liked the movie, but when we first saw the movie, I, there, I, I recognized some of his anxiety and, and maybe... <laughs> uh, I don't know, hesitance at first. I don't know if you were just digesting the film. As soon as the film got over, I thought, I really like that. Which for me personally, now that you all know that I am not a fan of Aquaman, the fact that I left that movie thinking, 
Yeah, that was badass. Mm-hmm. That's that's huge praise for me when it comes to Aquaman. Yeah, it was it was, and I was really happy that you did because I would hate to have like. Uh, I'm glad it wasn't terrible. Where you're just like, dude, you just wasted. Although the the beer beforehand was great, like I'd hate for it to be wasted on a bad film. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's so let's talk about that. Let's let's talk about what what we liked about Aqu- Aquaman. Did you want to start, or do you want me to kick this off? Go ahead, you start. Okay. Number one thing I put that I liked about Aquaman, I liked the world building. Mm-hmm. I really liked that they kind of established that there was this whole other, basically this whole other world underwater. It felt it felt much more like a science fiction movie because of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously they're in water, but it it had a very kind of space sci-fi feel to it. I mean, with all the illuminescence of the different creatures underwater, all the weapons and whatnot all the ships Mm -hmm. and craft they had. It was because it's so fluid. It had a very space like feel to it. And I enjoyed that, but I really loved that they established the different Royal families, the different kingdoms. You know, I I admit, I don't know much about these kingdoms or anything as far as the DC comic book universe is concerned. So I just assumed it was all Atlantis. So to find out there are what, uh, seven different kingdoms, something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, the entire ocean, right? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. All right, the seven seas, so basically each sea has its own yep. kingdom or something like that. Exactly. So you got it. I really enjoyed that. I mean, some of the some of the kingdoms, obviously, they were very human-looking still, but then I like that the, the the fishermen were actually more like these humanoidal, humanoid fish people. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the people from the uh, – oh, what was it called? The people from the deep, the deep part. Oh, I can't remember what it's called now, but – but they were basically, they look like uh, anglerfish, monster anglerfish. Mm-hmm. I like that. I even like the crustacean looking people. You can see how it, they had all changed over time. It was just, it established each kingdom and the conflicts. And I really, really enjoy that because even, even the whole thing with the royal blood, if you had royal blood, you could breathe both air and, and water. I liked that. I don't know why, but it's little touches like that that explain so. You know, just kind of explain things like, well, why can they breathe there? Well, you got royal blood, so that's why. You know, maybe it's a throwaway right. explanation, but it's enough. It worked for me. That's a good – I mean, the world building was was very good. I think that, you know, once once you got used to that this is water, you totally didn't think about it anymore, which was great because, you, you know, um, it, it brought you in. You're in there and you don't stop to look around and say oh that's not water you know what i mean like you brought you in it was very seamless and you didn't it it, it made you for, suspend disbelief which is the key to any great fantasy movie um i wanted i you know and you've heard this from me before i, I wanted them to somehow still acknowledge that there's a there's a planet of people above them so with all the stuff that happens in this huge space of 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 water that like nothing reached the surface in a way that like you know like i was joking like if there was two people you know there's people fishing in a boat in a um you know a deep sea boat or something and you know like and the boat shakes a little bit like oh the the water's a little rough these days you know it's like they don't even have realized that this all this is happening below because I think that like if they carry Aquaman further, which it seems like they'll probably make a sequel, they made some good money on it, um, that they can start to marry the two uh, pieces of the symbiotic of the planet, the water and the land. 
and that's a lot where the comics go and that's that's where uh arthur curry becomes that ambassador between both worlds uh, and tries to keep the the peace so to speak um, but I did like – I think they did an excellent job of, of fleshing that out for sure. Oh, definitely. And, and like you say, the suspension of disbelief is a huge thing. So that kind of leads into one of the second thing I really liked about the film was the CGI and the water effects and the special effects were very well done. Um, for me, it was believable to mm-hmm. – I mean, yeah, they're in the water and they move like they're in water and I liked that. And even though they still like – uh, there's the throne room scene where Aquaman is first, you know, talking to his brother and they have steps leading up to the throne, but then there are a whole section where there isn't steps and things like that, where like, yeah, we have steps cause it kind of looks cool and regal and Royal, but it's water. We really don't need them. So then they could just float around and then right. yeah, the, all the columns of soldiers and whatnot, all floating at different levels. I like that, that they use the three dimensional space that it wasn't all just like, Hey, we're on the land, but we're on, you know we're kind of like we're on the land, but we're underwater instead. I like that this just the way they spatially set things up. It just it made it more immersive. So, like you said, it's it was a very it was very much it was easier to suspend your disbelief because it's it felt I mean, obviously it's fake, but it felt real. Right. Well, if it, it was tangible. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. If you can make it tangible and make it seem realish you know people are easily are much easier to be able to just kind of let themselves go and just then you don't get lost into what do they call that um uncanny valley when you when you deal with right and that's, especially when you know yeah if they make uh and that happens a lot when there's people i mean if you make a fake person but the, like you said like what they did with um the actors in there and then the the, the different um species that are down there you're you know totally totally bought in because you know even down to the where he gets the suit so to speak and that giant marth like that giant monster that deems him worthy or not worthy which was you know lack of a better terms arthurian in a way which obviously arthur curry there's no it's yeah it's not by accident right um but it was cool it was cool i mean these are the same stories we've been told in different ways since we were kids and um you know down to you know north uh, uh mythic gods from you know greek gods and roman gods and norse oh, gods oh yeah, the, 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 the stories half, so these things have never changed yeah right the half blood that doesn't want to be king but needs to be king or i mean it, it follows those old tropes like you say go back to ancient mythology but also even something as current as like spider-man this was very much also I mean, even though Spider-Man's known for the great power comes great responsibility, that that's really kind of a theme here too. He doesn't want all that power because he doesn't want all that responsibility because he's like, uh, I, I'm just, I'm basically, he's kind of like a surfer dude, a super strong surfer dude. Yep. At first. And at first. Yes. Um, I, I think um, one quick thing that I would have liked, I feel like they brushed over Justice League really quickly. I don't know. I think it would have been interesting if they would have had one character at the beginning because it seemed to take place right, right, right at the end of like this whole catastrophic Justice League movie, which you know again the world was at peril. Um, but it might have been interesting if like um, uh, Batman said goodbye or something like that. You know what I mean? Because 
I don't know. I think it would have been a nice bridge talking about the 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 whole universe building, which they're, they're walking away from. It seems like, but I see where you're coming cool. from because it's something that Marvel has done very well. I mean, mm-hmm. even though it was pretty much derided, even Thor: The Dark World had a nice bit of uh, a nice selection of cameos. I mean, there's a scene where you know uh, Captain America shows up as they're walking down the hall. But it's really Loki, but you know, right? You see Captain America, so it just it's just. Little reminders that there's a bigger universe. Yes, this movie exists and it's standalone, but remember, it's tied into a bigger universe. Now, I haven't seen Justice League, so for me, I was okay with how it was just because, well, first off, you know, I'm not not an Aquaman fan, so the fact that I was just seeing his origin and getting into him, I was okay with it. Now- You should go back and watch Justice League now. Should I? I mean, I think the two best people in it were Aquaman and, and Wonder Woman, and they have some interesting scenes together. Um, for that alone, you might like it. And, and she's great in it. Like, Wonder Woman's fantastic in it. So for that alone, you should see it. Um, well, there's that, some really no, good stuff, and there's begs, some really bad stuff. This begs the question, do I have to watch Batman versus Superman first? Um, Which, oddly Only enough, because of the dynamic between Batman and Superman of what, what happens, but... Uh, you know, which I can do. Funny enough, I actually own Batman versus Superman, but have never watched it. Yeah, like I said, there's there's pockets of good in both of them, and and there's pockets of bad and and choppiness to them. But uh, you know, but when you see how Aquaman comes from that, I think it's interesting because you'll see the reason I was excited for Aquaman was because of Justice League and him showing a little bit of his character you're just like oh this could be great see right now you've made the strongest argument yet that i've heard as to why i should bother with just league and it's simply that wonder woman and aquaman those yeah. i mean right now those are the two best things going on in the dceu i love wonder woman like i said for my money even after as much as i liked aquaman and enjoyed it for my money wonder woman is still the better film yep but Aquaman is a strong, strong film by itself, but is it as strong as the Marvel films? That's a whole other argument. Nah, that's a it, we we can't because we're just not invested in the timeline like Marvel is, and it right. just it's just because you know what we we already know because we're nerds and we know that they kind of blew it in a way. We know that the investment in a universe is gone. Like now they're they're doing one off stuff. There's like two different Joker movies coming out. One with that's alleged origin story with um Joaquin. Uh, what's his name? Joaquin, which I don't know. And then there's another one with um from Suicide Squad dude. Um Jared Leto. Jared Leto, thank you. Uh my age is catching up. Which I kinda like the art direction of the Joker from the Suicide Squad. I kind of liked that kind of different take on him um, as this younger I liked his style so to speak. It was, it was of the way the Joker was looking instead of um, other ways it's been done. Um, I thought it was cool. It was different. They took a take on it. it. I mean, ultimately the movie wasn't very good, but there was some damn good acting in it. I agree. I agree. I mean, they, they had to go a different direction. After, after Heath Ledger's you know, iconic take on the Joker. Yeah. You had, there's no way you could, if you aped that, you, they would have been pinned to the wall for trying to, you know, um, jump on the coattails of someone who had passed. 
So they had to go a whole at least 90 to 180 degree turn. They just had to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no choice. But to kind of bring it back in, Aquaman, something you touched on earlier, and probably the biggest thing that I liked about Aquaman was Jason Momoa. He makes the movie. I think, though, he was also equally represented by by uh, Myra, Mira, Amber Heard, and she was great. Oh, she was fantastic. There's no question. No question. I, I have no qualms with her. I thought she was um, a very good, a very strong character. Um, she, uh, she wasn't just the damsel in distress. I like that. She, she had a very uh, strong base in that she wanted more for Atlantis and she wanted, she saw what was going to happen if he did not become king. And it wasn't, like I said, I really like that. She just wasn't the stereotypical damsel in distress. She was an equal, but realized she couldn't take the crown. Aquaman, Arthur had to. And so let's make that happen. So, you know, she was a very strong character. But for me, let's face it, this is not the Aquaman of the comics. He looks nothing like the Aquaman of the comics. He's not blonde. He's not white. He's not blonde. Uh, nope. He is, you know, you can see uh, the, his Polynesian heritage. He yep. looks and sounds kind of like, um, he sounds like he just walked off the beach from Hawaii after, you know, surfing some tasty waves, brah. Yep. I think what that's what makes it a little more effective as a half breed, so to speak. Yes. Um, whereas like, you know, the Aquaman of the comic books already looks Aryan. He looks like what we think. Ironically, you know, um, his brother in the movie, Patrick Wilson, King Orm, um, he looks like Aquaman. <laughs> he looks like Aquaman from the comics. He really does. He really does. So for me, and I think that's on purpose. Oh I yeah, it's oh, definitely yeah. purpose. So for me, I think I like. I mean, he's not the typical or stereotypical Aquaman, and I like that. I mean, he really brought us in. He, he, he brought. Like I said, he he kind of brought in that surfer bra type attitude, but it was very good natured. It wasn't. He wasn't. You know, a typical. Well, you know, sometimes you you get those those guys that are all like, "What up, bra?" and they're right douchey and frat boyish or whatever. And he was not, he was very, very laid back and very cool. And he just, he was charming. And because of that, he really pulled me into the movie and I enjoyed it that much more, that much more because of it. So. Um, I'm going to bring up one thing too, before we get close to our 20 some minutes on Aquaman. Um, again, for those who are first listening to our podcast, it's our goal to try and, and do these in around 30 minutes. We, we, we want to try and be a concise podcast. We're going to get better as we go. Um, but uh, just to let you guys know where we're headed with this podcast. Um, I like, see, Black Manta to me is a cool villain. I think they touched upon him a little bit. I, I'm, I'm Clearly, that's going to be the main, I'm thinking if there's a sequel, he's, uh, he's a very, very important person, especially if you know anything about Aquaman and the comic books. Or even if you're a an old uh, super friends watcher from the day when they had the uh, hall of justice and um, the, uh, uh, the doom. What is it? The, um, the legion of doom. Legion of doom. And uh, black Manta was his nemesis in that. Uh, But he's a, he's an interesting character. I think that if you read the comics, he's a very smart character. He's one that um, is manipulative and uh, calculated and, uh, Tony Stark esque, but on the wrong side of things. 
Um, so I hope they uh, bring that forward. And I, I think he's a cool character. And um, they, they, although he was a side character in this film, I thought he was pretty cool. I agree. He, he definitely has a cool look to him. I mean, he, he looks like a badass. So, and I, I actually didn't know much about his uh, origin story. So, I don't know how closely this hewed to his comic book origin, but I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. He was a uh, yeah. You're right. He wasn't exactly the main villain in this at all. Kind of more on the side, mm-hmm. but I'm okay with that because I, I think he'll have a bigger presence in in future movies. Yeah, I think that's part of the Aquaman world building uh, for the future. I think it's, it was smart to do that. Sometimes when you have a lot of villains, it really takes away from the film or from the movies. Like when you the old um, let's if if Batman was a good movie, what is Batman and Robin with Penguin and Riddler and everybody in it at once? You know, then it's like oh my gosh, it just becomes yeah, too much. Kill, you know? Exactly. Which which is the problem with um, some of the Justice League stuff, but. Uh, uh, just not smart, but I, I mean, again, overall, to me, Aquaman, I need to see it again. I think in the theaters, I don't know if I will be able to, but I, I definitely need to watch it again. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll get it when it comes out. I buy all those superhero movies. I'll buy it. I'll, I'll definitely see it again. Probably not in the theater. I will definitely watch it once it comes on to Netflix or whatever Hulu, whatever streaming service. I'll watch it again. Like I said, overall, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good film. I thought it's the second best film in the DC Extended Universe. And my only real gripe about the movie was I, I didn't like the de-aging CGI. Yeah, uh, it's always tough. Tamora Morrison did not look anything like himself when he was younger. I, in fact, I didn't recognize it was Tamora Morrison until they showed him as he is right. currently. And I was like, oh, that's Tamora Morrison. He looked really bad a little bit ago. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that... Solid movie. That was really my only real big gripe with the movie. I don't, I don't know if you had any major issues. Um, I mean, like again, I, I think it w- actually I think there are some things they could have cut. Like it's a bit long um, on some issues, I think, but they could have cut some things that to move it. Uh, I can't tell you exactly what exact. I'd have to see it again, and but I just felt somewhere between the second and third act. I'm like, okay, you could have gotten here quicker. Pleasant gems, Willem Dafoe, Nicole Kidman. Yeah, they, Dolph Lundgren. They had some really strong great, actors. Great, and it's, it's uh, a, gem, gems in the movie. Yes. I love Dolph Lundgren. I mean, it's funny. We mentioned, you know, Willem Dafoe and Nicole Kidman and Dolph Lundgren. Okay. All right. Well, the first two are very, very good actors. He was good in his role. I don't know that I'd call him a great actor, but. The, no, it, no. It, I just thought he was a good gem. It was just one of those gems. Yes. Perfect yeah. casting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, Willem Dafoe was great. He was great. And it's a few superhero movies he's been. He's been the nemesis in Spider-Man and now he's in Aquaman. So it's kind of cool to, he played the Yoda type uh, or the Ben Kenobi type, I should say, if in the archetypes, he was the Ben Kenobi. Very much so. Very um, much so. So, I mean, you know, well done. I'm happy it was well done because I think it at least gives DC a fighting chance. I think if DC really wants to kill it, if they want to do something interesting, they really want to make a change. Uh, they need to do like... I think like a Netflix series like kingdom oh, around kingdom come and that, I don't know if you've ever read that graphic novel. Oh yeah. You're, you're, but man, is that you're preaching to the choir but here. Man, is that good? That would be a great, oh, it'd be great. That, that, that would be a great Netflix, like, like a series, like game of Thrones ish. Don't make it a movie, like change your direction. DC, you, you've got your own streaming thing that you want to sell. And if you can make, if you made kingdom come as a, uh, as a series, you know, a two season series or something, you know, you can't go forever, but like a two season series that would kill. 
I agree. And they could do it. I mean, they have that whole DC Universe streaming service now. And, not, and that's in addition to what's going on over in the Arrowverse on the CW. Right. In my opinion, right. I mean, and I, it's, I've a, gotten, it's a whole other... I've gotten tired of those. I've gotten tired of those. The the, the, the formulaic writing has really hurt that. Oh, yeah? See, I, but I, they, were, they were great. I have to agree. I, I, the Flash I, and stuff was... yeah. I, only because I, I know that I've stopped watching and I keep thinking, oh, I need to get back into that. So I probably will at some point and eventually watch them all, but you're right. I, I would do, If you would ask me two, three years ago, I would have said, yes, the DC TV universe is way stronger than the Marvel universe, the Marvel TV universe. But the Marvel Cinematic Universe is hands above the DC extended, and I, I don't know yeah. if it is. not to go not to go right not to counter too much, but I the Netflix Marvel stuff is the best television out there. Period. That is, that is a bold statement, dude. Those the the um, uh, Daredevil is one of the best television series I've ever watched. I love the first two seasons. I still haven't watched season three, so maybe that's why it got canceled. It's, Season three is great. No, we'll get into that some other time, but they canceled it for other reasons, namely streaming reasons. Yeah, Disney, we'll Disney, yeah. Yeah. Um, so real quick, let's do our quick hit. Um, we got a few minutes. We've There's a, a serious – this is a really good tie-in yeah, because we're talking about streaming Yeah, speaking of Disney and their streaming service. Yeah, good, good tie-in on accident. Uh, I am – waiting so hard for the Mandalorian. I am very interested in what's going to happen there. I'm I think everybody's wondering is the Mandalorian Boba Fett. They won't tease it. There's supposedly a Boba Fett movie. I think that Boba Fett movie is turned into the Mandalorian uh series. Doesn't mean it's going to be Boba Fett, but I think there's a lot to it. Um if you read the books, I won't go too far into Star Wars lore, but if you read um I just read the Aftermath series and there's a little diatribe about a uh somebody who finds the the Mandalorian mask near the Sarlacc pit and things happen after that. Um I would be very surprised if it is Boba Fett. I haven't now that said I have not read any of those Aftermath books, but I know they're canon. So I see where you're coming from. It could possibly be Boba Fett. I hope it's not. But in the book, let me be clear, in aftermath in the book, it's not Boba Fett. Okay. It's it's another person, a sheriff. So it's not it's not Boba Fett that that finds a Mandalorian mask. Okay. Good. Now, who's to say who it is? All I know is that I mean it's about a Mandalorian right there. Pretty cool. But also We think. Well yes. But I also love the talent they've kind of racked up. I oh mean, my gosh. You've got Jonathan Favreau who's kind of spearheading yep. all this and a ton of other famous directors. I mean, uh, I don't remember them all off the top of my head, but one of the one that, one of them that really grabbed my attention was the, uh, uh, Taika, Taika Waititi, the guy that did Thor Ragnarok. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. He's involved. I yep. mean, from what I understand, from what I understand, they're getting some pretty big names to do direct and be in charge of certain episodes. Well, you got the biggest person, in my opinion, is Dave Filoni. And if you guys watch any of the animated oh, series, that's right. and that's stuff, right. there's, there's D- Dave Filoni is the the. If anybody have seen Gremlins, he basically popped off of George Lucas, much like the other Gremlins popped off of <laughs> of. Um, oh, geez, I can't remember the Magua. No, I can't Magua, remember yeah, the, Gizmo. Yeah, Gizmo. Um, you know that. I mean, Dave Filoni is the heart of star Wars right now. In my opinion, he is the one who holds the, the light 
to the storyline and understands it better than anybody that's been doing it. Um, certainly better than the two directors that have made, um, you know, Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Um, this is his shot. This is his shot to direct some live action. And I think that Filoni will eventually be a showrunner for films i think he's going to get there he's that good um and having him do this is going to be great but having like you said tika watiti bryce dallas howard oh yeah that's right is going to do that there's also some open spots there's there's rumors of george lucas doing an episode rumors so okay that'd be why not it'd be interesting right um something i think um casting pedro pascal great that guy's if anybody's seen game of thrones and he's in a lot of other things um but man you see he was so good in that um nick nolte that's going to be interesting what is he going to be doing in there oh yeah um, that's mm, that's, a, that's a, carl weathers uh yes i mean come on uh, and and a great actor one of my favorite actors of all of all time believe it or not is giancarlo esposito and he's in this he is so good awesome He's so good in everything he's done. I agree. So uh, this series has the potential to be fantastic, and they're they're taking my money. I even, I mean, the Disney's the Disney streaming is it will break me because between the Marvel shows they're coming out with and the Star Wars shows uh, that are going to happen, it's I have no doubt they're going to kill it. And I think this is an area where you know, like they're going to play and maybe where solo should have came out and maybe not the theaters. I I'll, I can argue that many times, but I think that this is where they're going to do those smaller stories. They're going to do it all on the streaming and not on the big screen. And the big screen is going to be left to really big movies. And you know, I'm okay with that. I mean, you can do smaller stories. You can get more in depth. I mean, TV is a great medium for that. Um, I, the Renaissance of television is amazing right now with streaming. Oh, this is, I don't care what anyone says. This has been the golden age of TV. For sure. I mean, and it's because it's portable now. That's why. Well, it's not just that. I mean, there is definitely that. You can take it anywhere. But also, uh, your audience is so fractured. There's so many niche markets now. People aren't afraid to spread their wings within a niche and just tell a goddamn good story. I totally agree. So it's not like what's going to bring us the most appeal across the network that's going to be not offensive, but enough. So to keep people coming back, I mean, there's never going to be another mash. There's never going to be another cheers. There's never going to be another Seinfeld. Okay. Right. But that doesn't mean there's not going to be great TV. It's just, it's going to be more focused on a niche and people are either going to love it or hate it. And you know, it's, I don't know. it's, It's a great time. Yeah. And as a Star Wars fan, I'm so looking forward to this series. Um, give me something to watch every week. I, I'm curious as if they'll do it as one. Here's your whole. Here's the entire season. Watch it and binge. I kind of hope they don't. I kind of want to. I want the anticipation of each week. I'm kind of hoping that they don't throw it all at once because then I'm just going to screw up a whole weekend. But I, I want them to feed me in pieces and not, not just give it to me the whole way like Netflix does. I think that might differentiate their streaming service. I don't know. What do you think of that? Do you think it should be binged or should it be uh, released weekly? As I am particularly thrifty at times, <laughs> as many streaming services are out there now, I I would prefer that they put them all at once. So that way I can buy a month of the DC streaming service and then be done with it for a while. Because I'm a, I'm a well-rounded geek. 
you know, there's the CBS All Access where it's running Star Trek Discovery. Right. I won't. I'm not going to pay for that. I won't pay for that. I'm not going to pay for that. Until, uh, this is kind of a sidetrack we're taking here. I will pay for it once Star Trek Picard comes out and its first season is done. I will pay. I will pay for that for a month. I will tear through. Is that going on the streaming or is it going straight on CBS? It's going on the streaming. Ah. So that's why I'll pay for it. And I'll watch the two seasons of Discovery that are out by then. And I will watch the season of Picard. And then my month's over and I will watch something else that month, next month. So hopefully Mandalorian comes out. Maybe Mandalorian will be out. And the next month I will pay for Disney that month and I will be done with that after that. Right. Well, I hope they string they string it along. I um, it's something we should talk about later too, like the Star Trek thing. We can. I'm not a big Trekkie, but that's something that we should pull into. Um, so that's going to lead us into uh, kind of tease next episode. The Oscars came out today. Today is actually January twenty second, twenty nineteen, and the Oscars came out today. And Black Panther happens to be one of the episode or one of the movies nominated for best picture. Uh, Michael and I will dive into. Uh, a bit of the Black Panther as a hero movie and the Oscars and and why hasn't this genre and or sci-fi get the prestigious awards like the other acting things do. And I think that's something, um, you know, Michael, what do you, it, I don't want you to give anything away here, but um, quick take from you and, and we'll get there. My quick take is just, I'm surprised, but I'm surprised not so much that it was nominated. Black Panther was amazing. I'm surprised the Academy finally has respected comic book movies enough to realize, hey, they're not just for kids. Cool. I agree with that. And we'll we'll get into that next episode. That'll be dropping in a few weeks. Um, until then, you know, thanks for listening, guys. Michael, thank you for spending the time with me. This is uh, – like I said, we'll get better as we go, but I re- I'm really enjoying this uh, – quick way of doing a podcast and, and, and having some get fun. Get in, get out, let's be geeks, and then let's go see our families.